You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Hey team, we're back on a Monday, not on a Friday, on a Monday. Why is that? Well, last week was a bit wild and frankly, we're a little behind on the podcast, but that's okay. What we're going to do this week is kind of recap last week without a specific item. We, you know, we could talk the Fed beige book or interest rates yet again, inflation, but I think what we can do is take a deeper look on what, what went on last week because the market got pummeled last week, I think is is an easy way of putting it. And we're in a really kind of weird time right now because the indices are having, um, the, the bond indices are having about as hard of a time as the stock indices year to date. And people own bonds to try and diversify and to try and um, lower risk, frankly. So when people come in and talk to the advisors here at our office and they say, oh, well, we want to be, we want to have low risk. Well, what they're saying is they want more bonds generally. And so the the riskiest portfolio may not have any bonds and the most conservative portfolio would be mostly bonds. Now it wouldn't be entirely bonds because owning all of one thing is not exactly conservative, right? Diversification is what's conservative. But just for some context here, year to date through the end of last week, the S&P 500 is down 9.99%. Let's call it 10% on the year. Meanwhile, the Bloomberg Barclays US aggregate index, which is the fixed income, the bond index is down 9.31%. So almost the exact same. So being conservative, if you will, having these bonds hasn't really helped you out a whole lot this year. Uh, And interestingly, concerning, I guess, is that the people who are the most conservatively invested generally are the ones with the shortest timeframes, the ones who can least afford to lose the money that's invested. And frankly, sometimes lose sight of that, the fact that these are still investments capable of going down. Do the bonds go down the way they've gone down so far this year? Typically, no. But that's what's happening right now. And so as we as we finished up, what was this, the third week of April? Yeah, we'll call it the third full week of April. Uh, and the third straight week in a row, U.S. market indexes finished lower. Uh, the Really, the Easter, last week, S&P was down a little bit more than five, five and a third. Um, Dow was down to something, and then NASDAQ, I'm sorry, this is the last month. S&P was down five and a third. Dow's down uh, just short of 3% in the last month. NASDAQ down 9%. And even just last week, the S&P 500 went from being up 2.8% to being down 2.75%. The Bloomberg Barclays Aggregate Bond Index was down almost a full percent last week. So it was just, it was a rough week, plainly put, for stocks. It was a difficult week for bonds. The continued European Eastern European conflict, along with inflation concerns, really renewed investor worries about future corporate profits, right? And that's what we're invested in. You're buying into a company to have a share of their future profits. And if they're if you're worried about how profitable a company is going to be in the future, then maybe you're going to want to pay less for the shares. And I think in a nutshell, that's what's going on. 
Uh, Fed Reserve Chair uh, Jay Powell talked about the possibility of a half a point interest rate increased, and that really didn't help market sentiment. Uh, you know, you look to international equities and looking the MSCI EFI and the emerging market indices, they weren't immune and fell last week as well. Uh, the emerging market in- index really has been hampered by China's COVID-19 lockdowns, if you want to still <laughs> have things to worry about. Um, COVID-19 is still affecting things. Uh, consumer staples have actually enjoyed a strong showing for three consecutive weeks in a, in a row, if we're looking at kind of the the more narrow um, kind of elements of the of of markets, investors really anticipating a slowdown continue to take refuge in that consumer staples sector. Versus, if, if you think about it, this sector is consumer staples. These are the things that you have to have: the deodorant, right, versus a new phone that would be consumer discretionary. Uh, the energy sector, which has actually been the lead sector so far for 2020, was a laggard last week as energy prices have continued to retreat. We've t- I touched on this in the last in the last podcast episode. Growth sectors trailed for a second week in a row. Investors are continuing to take note of the Fed's hawkish sentiment. You know, there's alternatives now out there to these high growth kind of tech stocks and the stocks with the high valuations, you could even call them the COVID tech stocks, uh, are are being revalued. I mentioned also already that the that the bond index finished lowered for the third straight week. It's continuing to follow its downward trend that's really gone on all year. High yield corporate bonds uh, tracked by the uh, the Bloomberg High Yield Index also followed suit. Commodities last week were lower. Uh, crude oil prices finished lower, really on concerns of increased supply from the release of the international oil stockpile. So trying to kind of, kind of handle this inflation coming from, from oil prices. And, and, and in addition to that, worries over reduced demand relating to chi- the, that Chinese COVID-19 lockdown caused some selling. And moreover, after four consecutive higher weeks, natural gas prices pulled back. So the commodity is still up almost 80% year to date, but and but still we're, we're getting some of this retreat here. Um, I'm not going to get into to metal prices, but the metal prices that you're thinking about are still a little bit higher for 2020 through last week. If you look at the economics of things, it all really all starts with the Federal Reserve. And I think the noteworthy thing of last week is the Federal Reserve released its beige book last week. And it's a qualitative assessment of the economy based on comments from community bankers and business owners. And it's published two weeks before each Fed meeting. The most recent beige book had the highest level of words related to uncertainty since 2019. Now, we've been through a lot since 2019, but we were worried about slowdown in 2019 even before COVID hit. Now, given the geopolitical climate, along with inflation and COVID-19, this isn't too surprising that we have these uncertainty words in there. Um, LPL Research actually has a barometer of strong words minus weak words, and that kind of bounced back strongly compared to March. So that's going to actually signal that Main Street businesses may see prospects of an improving economy after the first quarter weakness that we had, uh, presuming, of course, that these risks kind of begin to subside. One thing that a lot of people are talking about is home prices and home sales. And and we got some interesting data points last week on home sales because for the month of March, existing home sales dropped almost 3% on a month-to-month basis. In addition, on a year-over-year basis, sales declined 4.5%. 
And the final inventory of unsold homes increased to 950,000 as the median home price uh, ended March at just over 375,000. This is actually up 15% from March last year and is the 121st consecutive month of year-over-year increases, which is a new record. No surprise to you if you're looking at home prices or if you're one of those who just cruises on Zillow looking at homes as a hobby. Higher home prices and mortgage rates appear to be causing buyers to delay home purchases, perhaps. Um, But also, you know, this is the things with homes. This is, you've got a pricing issue, an interest rate issue, an inventory issue, lots going on with home sales. Some of this decline just may be over um, high prices, pricing people out, but also not a whole lot of things out there to buy. So, you know, take it all, take the home sales uh, information with a grain of salt. But it's pretty clear, um, and you don't need this podcast to tell you that prices are higher and that the housing market is kind of screwed up as a result. We talked a little bit about the unemployment report, the weekly unemployment report last week. Initial claims for unemployment insurance uh, for the week ending April 16th came in below the previous week's total, but above economists' expectations. In addition to that, continuing claims declined from the prior week, which was also below economist estimates. Uh, Continuing claims reached their lowest level since February 1970. So the data continues to illustrate that a very tight labor market is around, and it's unlikely to dissuade the Fed from focusing on inflation in the near term. If there's that dual mandate from the Federal Reserve, which is full unemployment and keeping inflation at bay, well, we're fully employed and so there's only one thing for the Fed to focus on at this point, and that's inflation. So it's going to be another rough week. Uh, as we start As we start Monday, the week of the 25th, markets are down. The sell-off, it feels like we're almost testing uh, the lows that we had six weeks ago in March. As we look ahead, uh, Tuesday, we're going to get March building permits, durable orders, new home sales, um, uh, home, uh, the S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index. April consumer confidence, you know, looking forward even further still. Uh, Wednesday is going to give us March wholesale inventories and pending home sales. Thursday, weekly initial and continuing unemployment claims. And we're also going to get the Q1 GDP number. Uh, and then finally, Friday, we'll wrap up the week. We'll probably post another one of these on Friday. Uh, March personal consumption expenditure, personal income, April uh, University of Michigan sentiment uh, report. So it's going to it's going to be an interesting week. This really does feel like things are kind of in this odd in-between spot. Um, also, this week, we, we're really entering the heart of the first quarter earnings season with over 180 companies reporting results. I think that's going to help give some context to what's going on, even though they might be a little bit backward looking uh, and we need to take guidance with a grain of salt. I think we're really trying to flesh out where we are at this moment, and it's really hard to see. Things are opaque. We know interest rates are going higher. Um, we need this economic information to help us understand how much higher things uh, rates may go from the Federal Reserve and what action may need to be taken by central bankers, investors, everybody here. So I guess stay tuned for later this week well, as we get more information. It gives us more to kind of dissect and act upon if we need to. So if you have questions about what's going on with your portfolio in this kind of mayhem that we've been experiencing over these last few weeks, uh, you can always email us at info at FordFG.com. I'll leave it right there. My name is Brian Ullman. I look forward to talking to you in the next one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group 
are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.